0: Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> yeah. well, now you just messed it up, you know. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it.
1: When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our
0: wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: What's right. the title of this oh. podcast
0: again? I don't know. I'm just—I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Our fucking faces are everywhere now.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> you know, but you're but welcome, ladies. Fucking, <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it sounds fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. This is this is fucking explicit now.
1: <laughs> ah the explicit button let me use my finger
0: <sighs> la, 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 la. it is time for another episode of Sober Not Mature and that episode starts now alright everyone welcome once again to another episode of sober not mature and yes for all you guys out there that were sick and fucking tired of hearing just mike and i we actually have a guest (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh first of all nico i'll I'll let you introduce yourself in a minute but uh we had a little bit of a confusion on on getting nico booked i think that was on our end so i'm gonna apologize to everyone up front originally we were gonna have nico on a couple of weeks ago but uh a couple of things kind of slipped through the cracks but he was kind enough to to reschedule with us. So, um, Nico, go ahead and do a brief introduction, you know, who you are, kind of where you came from, and then uh, we'll get started, okay?
2: Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Uh, things tend to slip through the cracks for sure, and that's just the way life goes <laughs> off. No issues at all. Uh, but my name is Nico Morales. Uh, let's see. I've been called a goon, and I turned into a graduate. I've been called an addict, and I turned into an author. Uh, I've been broke as hell, and now, you know, <laughs> still broke as hell. Um, yeah, that, that summarizes it. I, I have a history of injecting, ingesting, and inhaling many different substances. And okay. when I heard you guys talking about it, I love the approach. I love the rawness. I love the authenticity. Um, but technically, I come from what they call a lived experience, from uh, heroin addiction, from alcohol, over-drinking, alcoholic, Um Man, just to give anybody a, a kind of a realization of what use I was at. It was 60 cc's every two hours just to stay well. Um, and then I was drinking about two mm-hmm. bottles every day. Uh, made it without any type of interaction with the uh, jail. Avoided jail. I avoided rehab, but I didn't avoid the hospital. have been hospitalized a couple different times. And ultimately, all of the choices that I made cost me both of my hips. Uh, so we'll probably dig into that later on in, in okay. the conversation but that gives you a general idea of, of who's talking
0: perfect yeah nice. you've uh, yeah I think we call that a, a little bit of qualification right Mike <laughs>
1: exactly exactly but, um,
0: but yeah and, and as we when we were starting off and uh be, right before we hit record um the whole idea of shitting on a chair came up and Mike's like hey, we, need to start, we need to start recording so maybe we'll dip into that a little bit later too but um Mike go ahead and explain a little bit about what our again loose format is right
1: Right, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, we um, we all know how to get fucked up. We all know how to fuck up our lives and, and fuck up the lives of everybody around us. Um, what we're interested in is the solution. You know, how you got sober and how you stay sober. That's that's about it, man. Other than that, we just talk. This is a conversation, man, between three guys who've been through it. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, yeah, yeah go three ahead. Three guys Rico. who have
2: shed on someone's chair.
0: <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to put that down as one of my yets, because I haven't I haven't done that yet. It's a right. yet, though.
1: <laughs> I pissed in closets. Does that count?
0: Yeah, I, I pissed in a drawer. We talked about that on one episode. <laughs> we so. have. Yeah. You pissed anybody
1: else's bed yet?
0: Uh, somebody else's bed. I don't think so. Somebody, somebody
1: else's. Hmm. No, I think just my own.
0: Oh, yeah, so um, real quick here on the whole pissing in the closet. Mike, tell him whose closet you pissed in or who clo- whose closet it was. Well, it was my closet. <laughs> I know, but whose closet <laughs> was it before you? <laughs>
1: what? Oh, what, John Stamos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so I, I lived in Hollywood, and uh, yes, the apartment that I lived in, one of the apartments I lived in down there, uh, was uh, the, the former resident of that apartment was John Stamos. So, yeah, big deal
2: it just
0: cracked me up that's all so yeah no
2: absolutely that's great i mean one of my buddies here in town he's a chef and he comes from hollywood he opened up a little uh what is it peruvian restaurant here hmm. he has all kinds of stories of how he used to party at all these places so it makes right. sense you know they're humans too
1: yeah oh exactly yeah they're just people in the neighborhood who are the yeah. people in your neighborhood
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, but uh, go ahead, Nico. So give us a little bit, a little bit of background, as Mike said, and then uh, we'll hop into the solution of what you're doing now. And if there's, I, we always tell people too, if there's anything you want to promote, um, a website, your coaching, any of the programs you're working on, um, feel free. We don't mind if somebody whores themselves out on here. We're more than happy to, to not only allow that, but we encourage it. How's that?
2: We do. Awesome. Sounds like central over here where I'm at. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm making some references that you guys would only know uh, if you lived in New Mexico. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, born and raised. The Duke City. Um, no, we're not just known for Breaking Bad, but yes, there's a lot of meth that comes around, <laughs> right? Uh, let's see. I grew up in a pretty decent home. Uh, physically, I should say, emotionally it wasn't the ideal, but you know, we all have shit that we have to deal with. Why? Mm-hmm. We deal with it in different ways. Uh, but no, both two parent household. Um, it's weird how my parents got together. My dad was a low rider, uh, drug dealer, and my mom was an angel, a saint, never touched a drug in her life, and they made me and my younger <laughs> sister. So uh, I think I got the I think I got the more of my dad's edge than anything else. Mm-hmm. And um, I turned to substances when I was about fourteen years old, after uh, repressed memories of childhood adversities. Um, as they like to call them, unfortunately I had some, you know, messed up stuff happen to me as a kid, like we all do. Um, and our brains are so cool that it protects us for a little bit of time. And then something happens and all these memories come flooding back to you. Uh, that's something that happened to me was I caught this scent and it reminded me of something, um, that happened to me when I was a kid that was terrible. I was like, Oh shoot. That's not just a dream. That's actually, it's actually what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got some cannabis. One of the buddies that I was uh, hanging around, he passed me a blunt one day. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was a 14-year-old punk that thought, uh, got to hang out with all these people, so why not take a all puff right. and try not to cough? <laughs> and uh, I realized at that point, or I should say this, I thought at that point, oh, this is what everybody else feels like on a day-to-day basis. They don't feel like mm-hmm. crap all the time. Uh, and that's what got me hooked on substances. Also, had an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so, ever since I was like 10, I've been working. Um, that's pretty common for um, my background, too. I, I'm full blooded Mexican. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we grew up working. I think my right. dad used to tell me I only had you so that you could do chores for me.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I say all that because I learned how to uh, turn $3 into $10 by selling loose cigarettes and then selling cannabis and then selling cocaine and then selling pills and then selling heroin and then doing a bunch of other stupid stuff that comes along with that lifestyle. Right. Um, Eventually. Uh, Let's see about 14 to 17. I was a decent troublemaker. Um, Enough trouble to cause a problem. Teachers would throw chairs at me, cuss me out, but not enough to be, um, Put in jail or anything like that. Right. I got asked to leave school, uh, the school that I was attending. They tried sending me to a charter school, but because the charter school didn't have sports, I was like, yeah, I'm not going over there. <laughs> One of the main things that really kept me disciplined was uh, wrestling. I grew up wrestling. You guys play any sports when you're growing up?
0: I did. I ran, I ran I did track not... and... <laughs> <Go> ahead, Mike. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I did music. So
1: yeah, Thanks. you know, but same thing, discipline that helped keep me in school and, you know, sucked in all the regular classes, but the, the stuff that I liked I excelled in and it kept my grain point average up enough to keep me in the school.
0: Yeah. yeah that was cool. kind of my thing. I played, uh, I played sports and ran, ran track and played soccer up until senior year. And, uh, uh, one track season came around senior year. I was, drinking with buddies and shit like that. At that point, I was, I played soccer in the, in the fall, but, uh, you know, drinking was a little bit more important by the time track season came along. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So the, uh, mine
2: was wrestling similar story to everything that you guys just described. That was the only reason why I attended school Why I went to school, Mm -hmm. uh, was just so I could wrestle. Um, but I got a pretty decent at it. And they gave me a full ride scholarship to the school in, uh, Northern Colorado. Um and by my senior year I thought I had figured out life. Um I was just a knucklehead. We got a new wrestling coach and me and him got into it uh pretty heavy on a constant basis so I quit wrestling. Uh threw away the full-ride wrestling scholarship and I just decided to be uh, a full-blown street entrepreneur. So I'd work uh, construction, I'd do call center work, uh and then I'd take whatever money I made and I'd turn it into a couple more bucks. Right. Um uh, Unfortunately, though, I broke the rules of that game because there are rules to every uh, lifestyle that you choose to live. And one of those rules was uh, don't get high on your own supply. You guys have heard that? (laughs) Once (laughs) or twice. Yeah. 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 I broke that one once or twice. (laughs) Uh, About this time, though, is when Oxycontin hit the market. So this is early 2000s. -hmm. And uh, I grew up in what I call the pill generation, where they just have pills for everything and pills are okay. And you know, sure you got a pill then what how how bad can it be it's only manufactured by the biggest drug dealers in the nation right so why, why would why would you be harmed by it right uh, i had this lady yeah,
1: elvis wasn't a drug addict he just had
2: a really good doctor yeah absolutely comes <laughs> off of a medical notepad so right <laughs> right can't be bad for you um What I liked about pills, though, was that I didn't have to deal with the normal avenues of getting drugs as I used to. So it opened Mm -hmm. up uh, suppliers for me. Um, And one of the ladies that I used to purchase from, she was an old uh, fan of crack cocaine. And Mm. so what I would do is I'd buy an ounce of cocaine from my guy, and I'd take it to her, and I'd sell her the ounce for all of her Oxycontins. Mm -hmm. So. We kind of do bartering that way. Good old bartering. Money, take money mm-hmm. out of it. Uh, give her cocaine for her Oxys. And uh, I get 120 Oxy 80s. I'd keep 20 of them and I'd sell the 100. And those 20 would be used up within my matter of two or three days. Right. Wow. And then I just figured find someone else who had some more Oxys. So Oxys, is what got me uh, really by the boo boo, grab me by the balls and put me in my, in my uh, egotistical way, it put me down. Um, and said, mm-hmm. you, you really ain't jack. Here, here we go. Uh, then they changed the way that those pills were made, so that you couldn't snort them, you couldn't smoke them, you couldn't like take the skin off of them. All right. Uh, and I turned to heroin after that, and by this time I was just a full blown junkie mm-hmm. addict. I was doing everything that I could to get high, and probably a little bit more. The only thing I didn't really do is actually prostitute myself. Oh, so it's nice that you guys will let me do that here, on sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, to hopefully in a more positive way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: way better, uh, Johns. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. You
1: know, I mean, I. Pff, Jesus, man. You know, if if I could have brought myself to suck a dick, I'd be dead. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> bet you had some sort of morals, Mike
1: yeah well <laughs> i just um you know i for whatever reason i was born this way and that's not the way i yeah but if i could have <laughs> trust me i'd be dead cuz i you know i used women the way i should have used men and yeah and um it, but they're it's tougher you know <laughs> men are a lot easier to take advantage of <laughs>
2: <laughs> absolutely
0: yeah
2: absolutely so by the time i was 22 uh i was uh, sleeping in my truck, mainly because everybody around me didn't want to be around me. Um right. like how you described that at the beginning, Bill. We know how to mess up our families. We know how to mess up ourselves. Uh, but yeah, I was at the point where I had a decent home. My parents had split at this time, so my mom was still willing to help me out. But she was like, you can't use drugs. Uh, quick story on that. Uh, I was staying at my mom's house for a little bit of time before she asked me to leave. And uh, at that time I was smoking heroin Uh, one night everybody went to bed and uh, my mom had this ritual of coming and saying bye to me in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that night I got stupid high um, and I nodded off, fell asleep. next morning I hear the door open to my bedroom and it's my mom coming in and I look up and I look over at her and I can only see her out of my right eye. I can't see her out of my left eye. And the look that she had on her face was absolutely horrendous. And she looks at me. She says, uh, Nico, we got to have a talk when I get home from work. She gives me a kiss on the uh, top of my head. And uh, like I said, she's an angel. She put up with a whole lot more than she should have. Mm-hmm. And she walks out of the room. And I still couldn't figure out why the hell I couldn't see out of my left eye. But I just woken up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I'm probably going to be asked to leave. So I go to rub my head. And what do you know? That foil, and that heroin stuck mm-hmm. on my forehead. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she got to see, um, and that's when she told me, "Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get up out of here." Right. Um, so I left and uh, ended up just couch surfing, um, doing whatever I needed to do to continue getting high. But I remember waking up in a or going to sleep in a Walmart parking lot once in my car. Um, and real quick, sorry, I got distracted, but do you guys have 24-hour Walmarts where you're at? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah here in New Mexico, we don't. Hmm. Uh, one of the reasons why we don't, we used to, was because mm-hmm. the Walmart parking lot is where everything went down, right? <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> like, if somebody needed to get some quick money, they'd run in and run out with some products from Walmart and then trade that right. for some dope and <laughs> you'd find people dead in the parking lot. Wow. Uh, yeah, so... Here in New Mexico, or at least in Albuquerque, I'll say we don't have any 24-hour Walmarts. Like They close down at 9 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I found myself sleeping, though, in a uh, Walmart parking lot one night just because it was the easiest place to park. I knew where people were at and semi-safe. It wasn't the safest, but it was semi-safe. And I just remember thinking, what the hell are you doing here, bro? You got this nice house that you can go to if you just cut this drug habit out you're so hooked and you're hooked on something that doesn't even last any long and and anytime long. Right. Uh, Right. But by that time I had already figured out the amount that I needed to use in order to stay well, but I wasn't even getting high. Like I was just fighting not to feel withdrawals. Mm -hmm. So I'd slam 60 CCs and then I'd go run out and uh, I had this trick that I did and I share this not so that you guys can do it. Any listeners, but I share it just to give you (laughs) an idea how far I was at um, those trucks that laid the road tar to fill cracks on the road, mm-hmm. right? I'd follow them. And after they'd laid the tar, I'd just go scoop some up and bag it up and make a little fake dope sack. And I'd sell that.
0: <laughs>
2: and then I would uh, take the cash and I'd go buy me a real dope sack. But I was right. doing these type of schemes just so I could stay well, not so I can get high. And I started counting the hours because I was like, man, you spend about six, seven hours to get high And then you're not even high. You just well for a couple hours and you have to do it again. So the return on this sucks. Uh, I come to the point where nobody wants to be around me. Uh, Even my closest buddies, they don't want to be around me. Uh, I'm unrecognizable. Uh, Get detained for armed robbery and uh, beat that charge, that case, that situation. I was just like, this is too much trouble. And so mm. I decide because there is a reason for each one of us to be around. I had done everything in my willpower to take my own life minus. I did put a gun to my head once. Uh, yeah, but I did everything that I possibly could to take my own life and it didn't work out right. Mm-hmm. So I figured I might as well head the other direction and see what I'm actually supposed to be here for. Right, And uh, at 22, I stopped using heroin. Uh, cold turkey, white knuckled is what some people like to call it. Uh, for me, my journey was a spiritual one. So I met my higher power and I started communicating with God. Jesus is my higher power. And, uh, that conversation went pretty well for a little bit. And then my egotistical self decided you got that problem solved. I guess (laughs) you can, uh, keep on doing whatever the hell you want to (laughs) do. And, uh, Friends started allowing me back in their presence. Family started allowing me back around. And I remember hearing this one rule from my old man. And he says, uh, Nico, I'll let you be around us as long as you don't do drugs. Any type of drugs. I was Not even weed? Like, not even weed. I'm like, all right. Let's let's try this abstinence life out for a little bit. Well, do you know what they don't tell you about? It's alcohol. So. Homies would go out drinking, and I'd go with them. Turned out one weekend, it'd just be drinking on the weekends. And then turned into every night I was having a couple beers. And then fast forward, every night I'm taking some shots. I'm drinking a pint. Every night I'm drinking a bottle. So from age about 24 to 27, I was just drinking. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you guys have experienced this, but one of the things, side effects of all this drug use, when I was a heroin addict, I got down to 120 pounds. I weigh, I'm 5'11", and on average, I weigh about 190 healthy. Uh, So I was down to 120 with heroin. With alcohol, I got up to 260 pounds. I was a fat ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) loaded as can be. Right. And uh, I just remember smelling... um, I'm what they call a functional addict. So I always had a job. I always had some sort of way to make money. And at this time, because alcohol was legal, um, I got myself a job at a call center and uh, that's easy work for me just because I like talking. Um, mm-hmm. But give me some sauce in me and I could sell anything. So working <laughs> for a cell phone company over the phone, slinging things was <laughs> that was That was heaven for me. Cause I could make a, a mixed drink and bring it in as if it wasn't Trump. anything, you know? <laughs> right? Uh, and on my break, I could, I could just go take a smoke break and smell like cigarettes the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so, lived on,
0: uh, in, and I wasn't, I don't think I was fooling many people, but, uh, I lived on Hall's cough drops. <laughs> everyone, everyone was always asking, I always, get, you know, it's always got Hall's cough drops. I'm like, Ooh, sinuses, allergies. I'm always the same thing. I was in, always doing phone work or stuff like that I'm like on the phone you know i get sinus issues got to keep my my voice clear you know what i've been sober for 13 and a half years and i don't think i've ever had a cough drop in that time frame <laughs> <laughs> and i have had some colds too and i got covid a couple of times um and i've done the same type of work i talk all the time i talk on here you know i still have sinus issues but and i haven't i seriously i just thought about that mike i don't think I've, i don't think i've had a cough drop since we've been sober <laughs> it's a revelation
2: it's <laughs> right crazy how things happen like that right yeah right um, so one of these days i was working at the call center and i got trashed on my lunch break because mm-hmm. uh, it was only a 30 minute lunch break so i'd go buy me a pint and i'd slam it real fast well i didn't eat that day i smoked a bunch of cigarettes i didn't eat the night before and i just slammed a whole pint <laughs> my body was freaking out and uh, i'm standing outside and it was a gated facility just because new mexico you have a lot of gated facilities Uh, and i'm standing as far to the edge of this property as i can smoking a cigarette and all of a sudden i just feel myself get real lightheaded and boom i face first into the fence well unfortunately it was right in front of the all the managers where they sat and so when i walk in i forgot i had a the pint still in my back pocket (laughs) uh, i walk into work and one of my buddies he comes over. He's like Nico. They're gonna come talk to you. Are you all right? I'm like, let them come talk to me. And uh, one of the managers comes and he logs me off the phone. And I look at him, uh, eyes connected. I log myself back into the phone and I just keep on taking calls. <laughs> and uh, they uh, they asked me to go ahead and take a leave from work, and go figure out my life because they said you have some issues uh, mm-hmm. that you need to solve before you can come back to work. Which I'm very grateful for them uh, because they didn't just. Uh, boot me out you know like some places should have uh my family and friends they were not happy with them because they're like they should have fired you maybe you would have learned your lesson right Uh, but uh i took 60 days from work didn't get a doctor's note didn't go get any treatment i told them that i went and saw a culandera do you guys know what that is
0: Mm -mm. no no uh
2: culandera is uh like a natural healer okay Uh, yeah it's like a medicine lady um so because it was cultural, they couldn't really question it.
1: And mm-hmm.
2: uh, was, that was my way out. And uh, I come back and I have that conversation with God. And I'm like, hey, if you let me have this job back, I'll, I'll actually pay attention to you. I'll actually <laughs> listen to what you tell me. And uh, I, I ended up getting the job back. So I was like, oh, shoot, I made this deal. I better not. <laughs> and I got to live up <laughs> to my part of the bargain.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I actually got to do some work now. Uh, and I began to do the actual deep diving of self work, uh, you know, uncovering those issues that uh, all of us face, but not all of us want to face. Um, mm-hmm. Those subconscious the limiting beliefs, those subconscious things that have been spoken about us that we believe are true but aren't actually true. And I tried going to uh, AA. It just wasn't for me. It might've been mm-hmm. my own mistake. I didn't know there was different types of AA meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I show up to this one and it was for the LGBTQ community. Sure. Uh-huh. I have nothing against them whatsoever. Right. I just don't participate in that lifestyle right. myself. So hearing all their conversations, I was like, oh yeah, F this mess. I'm not, I'm not going back to an AA meeting ever again. I'm not after what I just heard. Um, uh, and I tried some of the religious organizations, but they were too religious for me. I was like, "Dude, I, I remember selling you some cocaine. He <laughs> still hits me up for some dope. <laughs> like, what, what are you teaching over here?" Uh, New Mexico's a little, or I'm sorry, Albuquerque is a little big town, uh, so everybody pretty much knows everybody. And uh, that didn't work out for me. And then, you know, really focused on getting a life change, and uh, one of the ways that I changed myself was uh, focusing on what was going through the face gates. Uh, Face gates for me, guys, is your eyes, your nose, your ears, Mm -hmm. uh, your mouth. Those are your face gates because that's the closest way to get to your brain, right? And uh, I stopped listening to certain music, so I was on this country kick for a little bit because I was like, that's the best
0: music (laughs) I could find. I mean,
2: it's sad as hell, but... (laughs) it's better than some of the other stuff i was listening to and uh there's one commercial break comes on and i hear this guy screaming what up what up what up it's your boy et thank god it's monday and i was like who the hell is this rapper i go to my phone (laughs) and it's not a rapper it's not a rap song it's this uh motivational speaker his name's eric thomas et the hip-hop preacher and he's Hmm all excited about mondays he's all hyped up about mondays i was like who the hell is excited about a monday you have to go back to work that's when you have to deal with everybody else that's when your time Mm -hmm. is stolen from you and he's talking about different principles transform your life so i pay attention for a little bit and his knowledge is uh actually doable it's applicable so i start digging up dirt on this guy right I'm like Yeah, let's see let's see who this guy is he calls himself a preacher I'm sure I could find you something you got some sort of lady somewhere he's got some sort of he's got some (laughs) sort of vice just like all the rest of them right and uh, I couldn't find no dirt on this man all I keep on finding is how much he's transformed his life and his whole story and I was like shoot I've been asking for somebody to like have as a role model and now I got one now I gotta, huh. now I gotta follow through on having
0: <laughs> listening uh-huh. to this
2: guy, and uh, I take some of his principles and I start applying them, and they work. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. yeah Taking someone else's principles,
1: applying them to your life, and your life gets better. What the fuck? <laughs> it's wild, right?
2: It's like other people have been through this stuff, other than us. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, He didn't have any type of substance use. He wasn't an alcoholic, anything like that. But he had made some decisions where he ended up homeless. And he talks about how he went from a homeless high school dropout to a PhD doctor. And I was like, all right, that's a significant transformation that I can pay attention to. That's something Mm -hmm. that I can really latch on to. And he is a mentality that. For me, worked out. I had a coach that used to yell at me, so having this guy yell at me made sense. <laughs> All right. and I, I continued to apply principles week after week, week after week, and then he had, I found a podcast that he had, and I started listening to that podcast, and there was more knowledge being shared, and he was just adding so much value to my own life that if I ignored it, I was really an idiot. You know, I was an idiot before, but like to mm. hear someone give you the answers and then not right. apply them, <laughs> a special type of stupid right there. Absolutely. And I ended up stopping drinking, applying these methods that he talked about. I ended mm-hmm. up going back to school and getting a degree for free, applying these same type of methods, using what you have available to you was one of the first ones. What right. do you have tangible right around you that you can do? Not what's a uh, fairy tale, what's fantasy, but what do you have right now that you can take action on? Because you need to control what your controllables are. And that's a principle that I still live by today. Mm-hmm. If it's not within my control. It's not within my own thoughts, my own emotions, my own actions. Then I don't care personally. Like I can't control it. So it's right. Keep it moving. Right. With that, uh, I found my
0: path out.
2: That was my, That's my way that I found into uh, this sober journey, this recovery that people like to call it. I stay away from that personally mm-hmm. just because you, you say sober to some people and they look at you all weird. I'm like, well, <laughs> right. let me see your trash can and I'll s- tell you exactly what your addiction is. Let me see your web browser. <laughs> I'll tell you what kind of addiction you got. Right. And so I choose to identify if, we, if we're if we going down that route as a person who does personal development. Each and every day I wake mm-hmm. up and I try to figure out a way to do better today than I did yesterday. And right since then, I've been able to change my life. Uh, the last kind of big hurdle that I had to do was uh, deal with these hip replacements. I got both my hips replaced when I was 30 years old, uh, 31 years old. Because at 28, I was diagnosed with uh, hmm. avascular necrosis. You guys know that time frame where you're like, yes, I'm out of the weeds. I'm good to go. I, I made it. Right. And then life just kind of mm-hmm. checks you, throws a right hook, a body shot, and says, hey, what's up? I'm still here.
0: Well, my <laughs>
2: avascular necrosis. Collapsed both my hips. So I walked around like a penguin for like three years. And uh, I did that whole self-loathing. This is my punishment. This is what I get for being a complete mm-hmm. douche for so many years of my own life. And uh, my sister tells me that uh, her and her husband are expecting. And I was like, well, I had some pretty cool uncles growing up. I can't be no dumb, dumb uncle. I can't be no lame uncle. So I better get my <laughs> stuff checked out. And they tell me, yeah, your hips are so jacked. They're already dead. They're about to fall apart. Uh, we can't even believe that you're walking, especially weighing 200 pounds, 260 pounds. You, you're you're an anomaly. I'm like, yeah, I've been told that my whole life. So what can we do to fix it? And right. They said, you got to replace them. So I got my hips replaced and uh, took some fentanyl because that was their prescription uh, narcotic mm-hmm. for me. Um, during surgery, they gave me oxys after my surgery. And I'm proud to say that I didn't. I used those uh, according to the medical practitioner's advice. Nice. Mm. Cut it off before then. Uh, didn't have any type of relapse. Didn't go back to drinking. All right. uh, it wasn't easy by any means, but right. that was the, the, the test that I had to face uh, because we all face those tests. When mm-hmm. you're trying to do something good, life is going to test you and check you and say, hey, you really about that life? Are you really about changing? Because when mm-hmm. I wanted to stop smoking, guess what? I got free smoke all the time. No one ever wanted to give me free drugs. Not until until <laughs> I said I was done. No one wanted to give me free drinks. Not until I said I was done drinking. And all of a sudden, right. bottles were being taken to my house. So, you yeah, guys, that's my, uh, that's my journey. That's how I found so- this thing called sobriety. I call it joy. That's how I found peace. That's how I found a way to love myself. Mm -hmm.
0: perfect well you know what and actually um you know looking at the time is probably a you just picked the perfect time i usually usually say we we look for a nice comfortable time to take a break i don't think it gets more fucking comfortable than that so uh (laughs) let's go ahead and take a break what do you think mike
1: absolutely we'll be right back with more right after this word from our sponsor
0: Hey everyone, it's your friends at Sober, not Mature. Hi there. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's both of your friends this time. Hi, Mike. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you, Bill? I am doing well, but we do we do have a purpose. Uh, we we actually usually <laughs> talk about uh, our one website, but we actually have two websites now. So two. We Two websites in one. <laughs> All right. So, so everyone knows we still have the podcast website that is www.sobernotmature.com. Uh-huh. And we just launched the store website. So, uh, we also have that. Do you know what the website address is on that one, Mike? Of course, I don't. <laughs> it's pretty easy, Mike. It's, www. yes. so <laughs> it's www.sobernotmature shop.com. Ah. So, <laughs> but from the, the the podcast website, you can still hit the store link and get into the uh, into the web store, or you right. can access it from our Instagram page through the highlights. Um, we've been posting quite a bit of, about it, and we'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. do you know what's on the second website, Mike? Um, it well, there's a store. There
1: are products that you can purchase for you and your loved ones. <laughs> well, Mike, do we do we still have merchandise? <laughs> we have merchandise.
0: Well, we got t-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and one of the one of the coolest parts we also do have <laughs> all the recovery books from Hazelden, which is kind of a big deal. That now, is least, a big deal. Yeah, at least for us. So all the books that we read, God grant me twenty four hours, the big book, the twelve and twelve, um, all of those books are available for sale on our website. And they once are. again, that that store website is www. Dot. Sober. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to help, man. I know you are. You're not helping though. Okay, now I gotta say www. dot so, Com. Com com. Visit that today or visit the, the podcast website, which is, again, you know the podcast website. So,
1: uh, www.sobernotmature.com <laughs> Did you just say sober, but not mature? <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah, like fucking mush mouth or something. <laughs> All right, everyone. You've suffered enough with this, and uh, we'll get back to what we were talking about previously. So visit the websites, though. All right, everyone. Welcome back. And uh, Nico, I've got a a couple of questions for you. And um, I mean, obviously, thank you for sharing all that. And I guess the first question Mm -hmm. that I unless I missed it, when was it that you were because you obviously the heroin went away at at one date and then the alcohol went away on another date. What were those just out of curiosity? What were those dates?
2: Yeah, so it was uh, June of 2022. I'm sorry, June of 2012 that I stopped using heroin. And then it was about August of 2027 that I stopped drinking. 27.
0: Yeah. Maybe 2000.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, t- 2017. 17. My bad. 17.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, 17.
1: We just time traveled there for a second. I was gonna go. Yeah. I was
0: gonna go. You know what? Yeah, you're the first future boy that we've had on. We've had. Uh... <laughs> this, hey, this might be a podcast first. I'd be like, shit, man, we should have had you on earlier. But um, okay, so so roughly, it, as you would put it, whether however you want to um, you know label yourself and that's cool i like i like the way you said that um, you know but free of of substances at least at, as of 2017 right yes sir cool yeah,
2: okay 27 cool. is my age. I stopped. So that's where that 27
0: popped. in. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the other thing too, when sh- I, I know Mike, you were probably nodding your head and thinking the same thing that um, this gentleman that you were speaking of um, sounds a lot like, although a different version over there, I heard a lot of mm-hmm. the steps in there, right, Mike? <laughs> oh,
1: no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sponsorship and all that. Right. You know, I mean, it, I'm sure, you know, we're, we're 12 step guys. We're AA guys, Um Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's the same thing. You know, the program is something that all that stuff that you went through just in a different form, you know, you had a a sponsor, a a role model, you know um, you wanted what they had. And so you did what they did. That's a big one in AA. I want what he has. I'm going to do what he does and our lives get better for it. Um, You know, principles that, (laughs) that are, that are ours, you know, these these ideas that um, that are definitely not the way we live our lives and the way we think. They're, they're better than us, and we start applying them to our lives and start acting like we are that person. And slowly, we start to become that person. Same shit with AA. Same shit. You know, yep. just a little different form. That's all
0: yeah and it was it was really cool because i i mean first of all i I like the fact of uh well let me step back a little bit so we've been doing this podcast coming up on it'll be two years in february well no fronts but it is what it is if we happen to make it to february it'll be two years but um during that time frame i've listened to a lot of other sober podcasts we've had a lot of guests you know some people that are you know friends of ours that are you know straight up old school aa some people that are a mix of this some people that are other direction so we've heard a lot and we've learned a lot but the main mm-hmm. thing that that seems to be the constant in that is everything that mike just talked about you know although it's they're you know to normal people they probably their people probably listen to things like this in conversations and are like that's how i live my life all the time i don't need any program to do it <sighs> you know because right because people out there there's there are people that live these quote-unquote air quote normal lives right um but it's just really cool to see that, you know, people need, you know, somebody to look up to a principle, a higher power, um, a community, you know, I mean, you didn't do any of this alone. Mm-hmm. We can't do this alone. And I'm talking about the collective. We, you know, if you would have sat in a room by yourself or Mike would have, or I would have, um, I mean, all of us, maybe, you know, you stay substance free or sober, you know, but you're sure as fuck not going to be happy, you know? So, It's just, it's really, I don't know, to me, it's intriguing to listen to that sort of thing. And honestly, we talk about this all the time and we joke, you know, whatever keeps somebody sober. Mike always says that if you're, as long as you're not hurting anyone, keep doing what you're doing. If you're hurting somebody, then yeah, we've got a problem with it. You know, so whatever pathway you do it doesn't really matter, you know. And then one other quick thing that I just made a note on. So the place that you, they kind of gave you a leave of, you know, um, to get your shit together. I learned this. Mm -hmm kind of after the fact because when I got well when I got taken out to <laughs> when I got taken to detox and then taken out to Cleveland to the sober living facility that was in 2010 and I was working in a call center environment at the time and I was missing work and I know that they could smell it on me because I got called in and talked to about it but never got busted on it but my sister called and told them you know that I was going to detox and this and that and I think that well, I didn't even think I know they were fucking relieved but they didn't fire me, okay. I got contacted by HR. Take care of it. Keep in touch with us. This and that. So I finally have a conversation with, I don't know, one of the GMs, and he tells me he's like, "Well, at this time frame," and they worded it all the right way. They never fired me. They said basically at the time frame since you've been away for three months, you know, you've you're, you've abandoned your job, but you're eligible to reapply. <laughs> you know, so they're like, but you have to come back to Wisconsin. You have to reapply for the job. It doesn't guarantee you. So they were just, they took the soft way to let me out. And I heard later from a place that I was working that alcoholism is considered a, you know, it's, it's a disease. It could be considered even a disability in some books. And it's like, it's like, I don't know, it's one of those weird areas where hr and and companies have to really tiptoe around it so i think sometimes they just hands off and they're like okay you're you're on leave but then they they slowly put these restrictions on and hope people just walk away um i don't know that for a fact but that's kind of what i've read into you know so for what that's worth
2: yeah a very similar bill on that one um it freaks them out. So they don't know what to do with it. They just hope that you kind of fail on your own basically. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't then, Hey, we're so happy that you didn't fail and welcome back. You know?
0: Yeah. And it's a, uh, I mean like Mike, and, Mike, for instance, a truck driver, I mean, if, and I, I'm sure that's right in whatever contract that you, you know, that you have, you know, or if right. any company that I've worked for, if they would have, um, alcohol or drug tested me on the job, they could have fired me for cause because then I had a substance in me, but they never did that, you know? Um, but if it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to go take care of myself. Companies are leery because, you know, it's, I don't know if it could be brought up and I'm sure there's people out there suing companies for discrimination. Like I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug addict. I have a disease and a disability and you've wronged me mm-hmm. and now fucking pay me. <laughs> which I, I right. laugh mm-hmm. at, but I know people out there are fucking suit happy. I just know it. You know, it's ridiculous, but.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, thankfully we got our shit together and we don't have to <laughs> live that way anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hell, yeah. And, Hell, yeah. And, you know, the, the only thing that uh, when you were talking about the whole call center thing, and again, that's what I did. And uh, I, I mean, I still have worked in a call center environment for for years. So, I mean, I get it. Only thing I never did, um, I just lived close enough to the last place that I worked where I could get, you know, uh, buzzed up enough on the way to work that would carry me through the four hours till I went home, buzz myself up for lunch and then enough to get me through the end of the day to go home. You know, I never actually physically had alcohol in, in a container in, in the workplace, but I had, I had alcohol in the workplace. Just, I was full of it. That's all. I just, I, I filled myself up before I went in
2: <laughs> a lot. You were the cup bill. What's that? You were the cup. Yeah,
0: I was. I was a, you were the cup. A big old human you cup. Were the container. Yeah. A big old human cup and me and my cough drops and my coffee to try to cover it up and yeah, smoking cigarettes and whatever, trying to, you know, sit over there thinking I'm fucking fooling somebody, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But no, I mean, seriously, that's why I was, really, uh, that's why I was yeah. asking Mike about that, that, uh, you know, really everything you were talking about, um, you know, just it, it just it sounded step related. And I thought it was very cool. And and you're right. I mean, there are so many uh, we both got sober in Cleveland and Mike is still in Cleveland. There's AA meetings for young people, old people, um, different backgrounds, different different sexual backgrounds, everything. I mean, there's everything, men's right. bo- meetings, women's meetings, anything you want to find. There's, there's God meetings, there's non-God meetings, there's everything, you know, so they're out there, but you know, if something works for somebody, you know, it, we've heard a lot of people say that AA wasn't for them. That's cool. You found a different path and it's, it is what it is, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I did take away from uh, the time that I spent around AA people was the of service. I think that's one of the steps mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that one for me is a is a huge uh, staple in my current practices. In my current ways of staying sober is just Mm -hmm. uh, being of service to someone else and not letting anybody know. That's Mm -hmm. I kind of get bugged by the people who are like, "Yeah, look at me, I'm helping this guy. (laughs) Can you you do that without a camera? Can you do that just to just to not let." Not let anybody know, but can you do it just because they're another human being and you used to be right. in that same damn place and you remember what it would have felt like for somebody to notice you and treat you like a human rather than a POS, right. You know? right? So that's one of the big things that I took away was like, yeah, I could be of service to, I could be of service to other people, mm-hmm. and the way that I describe it now in my own coaching because uh, I'm, I'm gonna prostitute that out real fast. Feel, feel free, uh, yeah. I do run a <laughs> coaching business and. It's for individuals who want to maintain uh, their definition of sobriety, because that's the other thing. We all have different definitions of sober. Mm-hmm. So I help individuals after they get sober when they hit that sober lull, um, and they're like, "Well, shit. Why would I want to? Why would I want to live like this? Being sober kind of sucks." Right. Uh, I I help them through that through that period. Um, that's what my one of my portions of my business is, and I say that because. We either need to remove pain from someone else or we need to and Mike don't take this too wrong pleasure someone else
1: absolutely <laughs> <laughs> right exactly It's being making someone else's life better you know um, absolutely it's a it's a huge part of of yeah of being sober being. It takes away that need to medicate ourselves when we're helping someone else. And trust me, 13 and a half years into this, I fucking still don't understand it. doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. <laughs> How does me making someone else's life better make my life better? I don't fucking know, but it does, which is really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, and, uh, and I mean, just when you were talking about that, the doing something nice for somebody and don't tell anyone about it. Does that sound familiar, mm-hmm. Mike? Mike says it at the end. It does sound- The end of every one of our episodes. <laughs> and you'll, you'll hear it. I he'll do. Say that, he'll say that when we wrap <laughs> up tonight. And it's when you said that. I will. All these little things you're saying, Nico, just kind of making me number one, smile, number two, laugh, because I'm like, holy shit. You know, again, you're we're all on the same. We're all going in the same direction. All three of us are. Mike and I are over here in this little this little lane, but you're over here in this other lane, but we're still all going in the same direction. You are following a, a, the same, a different path, but in a parallel direction, if that makes any sense, you know, and it's just, it's really cool. It's just nice to hear.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's one of the best things about these type of uh, communities and platforms. And I really do appreciate you guys allowing me to be on here, man. It's been a fun mm-hmm. chat so far, but the, if you look at the format of all of these uh, avenues, all these paths, there's some foundational things. And right. one of the foundational things that I notice is accountability, community, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. accountability and community. Like if you can yep. find that somewhere, if the listeners right now are like, well, you know, I tried this, I tried that and da yada, da." Yada, yada. you know, first of all, continue to try, continue mm-hmm. to train yourself to be sober Continue to train yourself on a daily basis to find the path. Stay as committed to that as you are committed to getting effed up and (laughs) do pretty all right. right. Uh, But look for two things in all seriousness. Look for accountability and look for community. Mm Because if you can find a group that can hold you accountable and you're vulnerable enough to be accountable to them as well as be an accountability partner for someone else, as well as a community of people who are like-minded – uh, headed in the same path may not be like what we call the uh non you have your non-negotiables of your own life and everybody has those but if they don't mm-hmm. violate your non-negotiables then it's community let all the other stuff go right, there's right. some things that it's not not big to me when people, I'm like, well, do you do this, Nico? Nico, do you, you still cuss? And you say you love God. I'm like, Fuck, yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to reach some people too. And
0: we, right. we get that We get that uh, quite a bit, actually. You know, people, I don't know. It, the, the first thing, and I know I said it to you when I was emailing you back and forth, I'm like – Have you listened to us? I ask everyone, everyone that says, Hey, I want to be on your podcast. I always, I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) You know, because (laughs) I don't mean that I'm not trying to throw this badass attitude like, Ooh, we're whatever over here. No, we're just, we talk real. We don't, you know, we don't take bullshit. We don't listen to bullshit. We want trueness. You know, we want just openness from people. And, We will swear. Now, if we go on somebody else's podcast, with one exception, um, (laughs) Mike accidentally dropped an F-bomb, which was fucking hilarious. Um, It was. (laughs) But uh, we've actually, there there was this one individual, and I haven't approached her since, but probably six, seven months ago, um, she had sent me a message about something. She's like, I'd really like you guys to be on our podcast, or on my podcast, but... I'm just not so sure with uh, you know with the language I'm like yeah you just tell us how you want us to stay active she's like oh, I'll get back to you she hasn't yet <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I'm like that's fine because one of our jokes but but it's true we're not for everyone and we get that we understand that you know but But the whole point, like you talked about, you know, the accountability in the community, huge things again over on this 12 step thing. But the the term accountability partner and Mike and I were joking about that probably about a year ago because I had never heard that term before. Mm -hmm. And again, when I right before we started recording, when I was talking about like these today words, I don't care, you know, what people use for them. But I told Mike, I said, well, just so you know, I'm like, you and I are actually accountability partners. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, we've never called each other that. But, you know, in in the, no, not in, no. right. but in the dictionary, <laughs> in the dictionary, there there could be what's an accountability partner where well, there's Mike and Bill they're doing. We would check all the boxes on the accountability partner thing. Right. No, absolutely. Um, right. You know, and then you asked about, you know, if you could because, Nico, you were asking about using specific words. There's a ton of podcasts out there and I'm hearing it more and more. I'm hearing it and seeing it articles, podcasts. Everyone is saying substance abuse or substance use and that sort of thing. That's fine. I don't care what the people want to say. But then we talked about this too. There's other individuals out there that want to eliminate the word alcoholic or drug addict or junkie or whatever it is. Mike and I identify with those things, and if we're we're not using these terms to insult people, I'm an alcoholic. Mm-mm. He's an alcoholic. He's a filthy junkie. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am. And you know, who, who just was you know this this small section away as he admitted to sucking a dick. You know and. I mean, we're not, we're not saying that about anyone else. I'm saying that about my friend, Mike, because I've earned the right to say that, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, but, but the whole point is, is that, um, we like having people on here. You said, thank you for having you on. Thank you for coming on really is what it comes down to because as long as people can be open with us and have an open conversation, um, that's what we want this thing to be. We started off just shooting the shit. That's all that we did to begin with. And we've kind of held true to that. We've added a few lighter things here and there, but, um, that's all this is, man. It's just like Mike said in the beginning, a few guys out here just having, you know, having a conversation, right?
1: Absolutely. Right. And, and I, I love Nico. You talked about community, right? Cause I mean, you know, I'm, I'm an isolator. I'm a loner. I like being by myself. I do. Um, But, I mean, in the depths of my addictions, um, I I was alone, fucking alone, man. I had nobody. And as much as I like to be by myself, I do not like to be alone. And I'm not anymore. You know, I am a part of a community. And it's a big part of why I, I stay sober. Yes, I'm accountable to other people. Other people are accountable to me. And it's great. But I'm not alone anymore even when I'm by myself, you know, and that it's, it's, you know, the big book of AA talks about we're bodily and mentally different than our fellows is the quote from Mm -hmm. the book. Right. So us alcoholics and drug addicts, we are physically and mentally different than normal people our fellows. Right. Mm -hmm. But we walk into, you know, we walk into an AA meeting or we have a conversation with somebody who's on a similar path, you know, and trying to get to the same place we are, we're not alone anymore. We're exactly the same. And that used to piss me off. Cause you know, <laughs> I'm unique and I'm special and I'm different. <laughs> I'm not man. I'm, I'm a garden variety drunk that did a whole bunch of dope. <laughs> and I fucking find comfort in the fact that I, I'm not alone. I'm not different. I'm exactly the same as the two of you guys. And that's pretty fucking cool, right. man.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, I think, the draw to that was kind of what drew us into the original path right right like, for me being around other being around other smokers other potheads like they they said what they wanted to say being around other dope fiends they said what they needed to say being mm-hmm. around other Alcoholics, they said what was on their fucking mind. And if you didn't like it, what's up? Let's throw some hands. Like, right? I was attracted to that because it's like, thank you, thank you for being your genuine self, even if it's rough around the edges. Even right. If people don't like it because I can't stand that. Oh well, you know, you know, Sam, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just enjoying life and I'm well, sir. But at no. home, he's beating his meat to some weird ass shit, and right? Doing some weirdo things. <laughs> Like, right. At least be a weirdo in, in public if you're a weirdo at home. Yeah, okay? right. Well, I, like the coins we
1: get in the program, I say on them, to thine own self, be true. And that's exactly it, man. You know, I've got to be true to who I really am. But I had to go through a bunch of shit and figure out exactly what I really am. You know, it turns Absolutely. out, you know, because I thought, I thought I was really a drug addict. I thought I was really an alcoholic. And I am those things. But I'm more than that. You know, I'm also a person that as much as I hate to admit it, I feel good when I do things for other people. (laughs) You know, I feel good when I do the next right thing even though I didn't think that was the way I wanted to live my life. I wanted to do the next wrong thing. I wanted to do bad things. I thought that made me feel good. And It made me more powerful and more of a man. You know, I'm, I'm breaking the rules and I'm doing things my way. No, it turns out I was an asshole. <laughs> you know, what I need to do is play by the rules, try to make other people happy. And for some goddamn reason, it makes my life better. I'm a happier person for it. And that's all I really wanted was to be happy, you know, and I thought I'd find it in a bag or a bottle, but I didn't. I found loneliness and
2: despair and misery. Absolutely. And I love how you position that because um, my end, the way that we kind of talk about it is that true strength comes from restraint. Like if you can, you know that what's going to happen if you go drink, you know what's going to happen if you go use, you know what's going to happen if you go, Have sex with five different women in the same night, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or men, if that's how you flip your boat. I don't die
0: if that happens. I don't think I can handle that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're a bit older
1: than you. I'm like,
0: I'm like, shit, five women, same night. Come on, you go give us a fucking break. We make it two, maybe one and a half. (laughs) Right. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) A nap in between. Exactly. Right.
2: (laughs) Um, But by restraining yourself from doing that, there's just this empowerment that you mm-hmm. get and that strength that no one can take from you builds up in your sternum minute it, and it sits there and you sit with a bigger posture you walk with a with a more confidence because mm-hmm. you know the easy way out is available but you're choosing sure. to do what's actually hard that's mm-hmm. the that's the most strengthening thing that I think people miss out on one of my buddies who uh, also follows the AA program, he said uh, one thing that stuck out to me early on. He said, the true measure of a man is not how many women you can get, but how many women you can reject. And like, dude, that's, that's heavy right, right there, right? right. And take women out. Put your vice right. in. It's the true measure of a man isn't how many bottles you can drink. It's how many bottles you cannot not drink and still mm-hmm. deal with life because right. life is – there to be felt and you can't feel true joy without feeling true sadness you right. can't feel true ecstasy like actual ecstasy not the drug without feeling some shit um if you don't know what pain is like what mike was just talking about that isolation when you said that mm-hmm. my brain went into a place like yeah i know what you're talking <laughs> about mm-hmm. i can feel I know that it. isolation <laughs> right because we're fucking exactly the same
0: it's it.
1: pretty fucking cool, you
0: know. And you were talking about too, Nico, as yeah. far as uh, you know, doing the right thing when the when you know the hard thing is available. And uh, we probably talked about we we repeat ourselves on here all the all the fucking time, but it is what it is. But um, I think when I was, and I remember that it was a Saturday, and I got off of work, and I had I had no place to go. Uh, my my mom and my stepdad were out of town. I used to go down there on the weekends and help them around the house and just you know hang out, you know, with family. I was rebuilding that relationship and helping them um, and helping myself clearly along the way, but it was a day I had no place to go. And, you know, I didn't know what to do with myself. Went and ate lunch, this and that, went back to the, the sober living facility. And then I just took a nap because I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, but shortly after that, I realized that that was the first time that um, I had the, the opportunity. Um, I had a little bit of money in my pocket and I had the ability to go do whatever I wanted to, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. And I chose not to you know, I didn't, I didn't go, I could have went and drank that day. You know, I, again, I had the opportunity, I had no place to be a little bit of money. Um, I had every opportunity in the world. I had that freedom and the ability to go do it, but I didn't. And that was a cool moment, you know, cause when you get to that point, when, when you realize that, you know, you can, you can now make that choice and you choose the right way. That's a, it's a pivotal point. It's kind of cool. And even to this day, you know, we've been sober for a bit. Um, but, Every day that we wake, we wake up, man. We gotta, we got that same fucking choice every day, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Just decide on on which path we want to take today. And uh, so far today, you know, I've I've taken the whatever right path I'm I'm on, I guess, right?
1: Right. Well, yeah. exactly. We we have that choice <laughs> because for years we didn't have that choice. We had to go get that whatever right. it was. You know, I did. I I had to. You know, uh, there were plenty of times I got loaded when I didn't want to, I had to, mm-hmm. and yeah, don't, I've got that freedom today and it's a beautiful right. thing.
0: So Nico, um, Absolutely. tell us a little bit more about, uh, cause I know you're talking a little bit about the coaching and I know we we're joking about the, you know, whoring yourself out and stuff like that, but in, in all seriousness, um, Talk Talk as little or as much as you want to talk about um, your coaching business, um, anything that you're doing out there that, that you're doing either to, to help people, that you can help people, how people can connect with you, anything you want to promote on here, um, take the time to do it. We want to be able to allow you to do that, okay?
2: Awesome, Bill. I appreciate that. Um, so I have a couple different avenues. If you are just looking for some free content, dabbling in uh, different ideas that individuals have, uh, from the same mindset as you, uh, check out my YouTube. That one's at No Halo NM. Um, then my Instagram is at No Halo NM. Facebook at No Halo NM. If you do the TikTok, it's uh, at Nico Double o Underscore Morales. Those are all my socials, um, and I—that's the way I kind of give back. As um, I put up videos, I put up concepts. I put up th- um, not theories because I don't believe in theories. I—I th- I believe in actual application. Um, So I put up things that I have lived through um, and how they can be applied and translated into different ways. So that's my free community content. That's my community service content, as I like to call it, um, on those socials. If you are looking for a little bit more in-depth, I love how you guys were just talking about choice. Uh, I wrote a book for individuals who are thinking about uh, making a change in their life, uh, whether that's harm reduction change, whether that's full abstinence Uh, whether that's just reducing the amount that you're drinking, Uh, I believe there's five things that you should know. Um, And the first one is it's a choice. Uh, We talked about a little bit earlier that it's uncomfortable uh, having to do some of these things. That's the Mm -hmm. second thing. And the third thing is that you are going to get to know yourself because like Mike said, getting to know who you are is a different genre than who you think you are mm-hmm. um, the other two you can go get the book and figure those two out uh, but yeah that book is on my website uh, my website is Um uh, I also run the coaching program I love to just sit and talk with people so even if you're not looking for um, that Reason why I charge for my coaching program is because you got to have some skin in the game, and my theory is uh, if you could pay <laughs> for drugs and alcohol, then you could pay for help too. <laughs> uh, that's that's why I charge. Plus, you gotta you gotta have something. I've done plenty of work for free, and I'll tell you that the results are way more significant when individuals had contributed out of their own pocket. Uh, but if you just are looking for somebody to chat with, somebody to build a strategy plan with, I do give out free strategy sessions. You can get those at uh, nohalo_nm.com as well. Uh, And then if you are anybody who does event planning, if you have any type of sober events uh, that you need speakers for, that's one of my favorite things to do is to give keynote speeches and trainings. I actually have a a cert. They they certified me in some stuff that allows me to go to (laughs) HR. Um, So I have this DISC certification that I can provide trainings to different organizations. And that's more for um, professional development. I've learned how to translate everything that we just talked about uh, in our own personal journeys. They translate into your professional journey, too. And I have a scientific uh, assessment, uh, scientific backing. I got HR approvals uh, to give credits out for some of the trainings that I do. So I also do corporate trainings and keynote speeches. Uh, Last thing that I kind of plug real fast is uh, we're doing an event in Arizona. If there's anybody out there. Uh, it's called Amplify. It's me and a couple buddies. And uh, we talk about how to amplify your life. And uh, that one, you can go to my website and there's a way to connect there. But. That's the type of plugs that I have available, man. Thank you so much for that no, opportunity. No, you're fine, and yeah, Absolutely. we always like to,
0: to have people get that out because if uh, you know, if usually if we if we wait till right at the end, then it's it's really rushed and you lose. Quite honestly, we get it every once in a while. We lose some, you know, some people at certain points in the episode. But worst case scenario, in the um, the write up that I did for our upcoming guests, and I was just looking while you were talking, it does have your Instagram handle. It also has your website, so I'll put both of those again in the description I do for this. episode. Episode. So, if anyone's listening, pop into the description. Um, you'll see his website address on there, and uh, and also his Instagram handle. But um, yeah, we always like to get that stuff in there because, just like us, people need to hear things like six, seven, eight, twenty times before they actually, you know, make things stick <laughs> or allow things to stick. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. here's the other thing. So, the the whole coaching part and. This is just kind of a sideline thing. I, I've looked into it. I, I may be doing it in a sideline thing. This is not about me, but I want to tell you something that I heard and something that I learned because you mentioned um, almost explaining and, you know, why you're charging for it. Um, the one little course that I took in the gentleman made a really, really good point. He said, um, our time is worth something and our experience is worth something. And, you know, he likened it to the point where, um, and let's just, take Mike. Mike's a truck driver. He's been doing it for a number of years. He did it prior to and now after he got sober. And it's a skill you know, and he gets paid for that skill and he gets paid for his experience. It's the same deal. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter that there, there'll be, a, there's a ton of fucking people out there that, that poo-poo people that, um, you know, are, and again, I'm saying, I'm going to quote unquote, making money off of, you know, recovery, but people are making money and earning money based on their experience in recovery and the people that they teach and the people that they help are getting worth back, you know, and granted, the thing of it is, is that, you don't have a mon- monopoly on the sober coaching business. Neither do I or anyone else out there. If people choose to go to a coach, they can do that. People choose to just walk into a 12 step meeting or follow a free path like you did or any of the other free resources. Nobody's forcing people to pay for it. But I like the way you said that putting some skin in the game, you know, it is a different story. And Mike and I talk about it on a, on a life level when you earn something or you've paid for something, you know, it feels better than having it just given to you, you know? And, It just, it just is, you know, so I guess my opinion there and all I wanted to say is that, uh, you know, my opinion is you don't have to explain why you're charging for it. I think you should, whatever you charge, you are probably worth more. (laughs) And that's what, that's what I was told from this guy that I listened to. He said, he says, be careful about where you set your pricing. And he goes, be careful if you want to discount it, because what you're doing is you're discounting the value of what you're giving to somebody. And I'm like, well, shit, man, that makes sense. Right.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Think about the dollar menu at McDonald's versus uh, pick your steakhouse, <laughs> right, right. right? There's Different forms mm-hmm. of it. So absolutely, yeah. yeah absolutely. I've had
0: uh, I've had a fifty dollar steak before, and when I when I first walked in, they have a fifty dollar steak. I'm like, fuck, man, what's the difference between a fifty and a fifteen dollar steak? Well, there's two things. I'm paying for the atmosphere that I'm eating it in. That's number one. I'm paying for the chef that's cooked it, that knows how to cook it right. But on top of that, too, when I when I you know, you cut into this piece of meat or whatever it is. You're like, Jesus, this is, this is pretty goddamn good. <laughs> this is, this is a little bit better than the local grocery <laughs> store or Aldi, <laughs> you know, and uh-huh. I'm not saying that any one of those places i I've, I'll eat that, you know, those steaks as much as any other one. But, but again, you're right. You're going to get, you're going to get different value for that. So um, I don't know. I th- I just think it's, it, it bothers me when I hear people out there, you know, kind of uh, um, I don't know, again, you know, getting down on, on people that are, that are earning an income or, you know, making a living in the recovery field. It's there. The reason that people are out there doing it is because there's a want and there's a need and it's fucking capitalism. You know, it is what it is.
2: That's right. God right. bless America. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, Go to your favorite liquor store and ask them for a free bottle. See what they <laughs> say. Yeah. Go to your favorite dope dealer and ask him for a free sack. See yeah, what he de- says. Right. Or,
0: yeah, walk into a dealer and tell him you want some of the discounted stuff. You know, you may not, you may not wake up the next day. <laughs> you know, so there's a that's actually a goddamn good example, Nico. Thank you for bringing that one up.
1: <laughs> or you get yeah. a bag of road tar. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I heard there this. you go. I heard about go. this guy that used to pick up road tar and sell it. <laughs> fucking low life. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Scheme, well
1: like it's it's, it's since been covered up by a tattoo but i used to have this nice little dot on my oh, arm that uh from some dope that was cut with shoe polish so you know <laughs> yeah right it's all there it's still yeah. under the under the tattoo i remember that it's there i remember that i was shooting shoe polish
2: and you probably got high off of it too because it's a little oh yeah like mental well vapor. it wasn't all shoe polish it was <laughs> 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 it was just, just make <laughs> it look good
0: but mm-hmm. um but yeah so i mean it's uh, I, again i think it's i think it's wonderful you know all the all the things you're doing out there and um you know i mean having the opportunity again uh, to speak to corporations and i think that that's you know we were talking a little bit about the workplace and i uh actually wrote a couple articles about it because i think that the the workplace is still um, i think and I'm going to say the workplace in general, not all of them, but I think the general workplace is still of a, we don't want to see what's going on because we need people to work. Just don't fuck up and don't make it known. Um, I've worked plenty of places more so since I'm sober when I'm noticing this, but certainly when I was drinking and, you know, people are, people are smoking, you know, not just cigarettes at lunch, you know, people are drinking, people are doing this and that. And it was part of what everyone did. Um, And I know it's still happening now. And, part of it's education, but part of it is just, you know, making this information available to people. And, you know, I hate to say it, but making people feel safe rather than, you know, that they're going to get punished. Cause I don't know. I just think that there's, there's education that needs to happen in in the workplace, just like anything, anything else, you know, I mean, Mike and I talk about knowledge is power. And I just think these, there's so many employers out there that, you know, the, the last place that I worked literally when I first started we were in uh, again a call center atmosphere, and so you know, I mean, I'm I'm sober, and I mean, I I know what weed smells like though, and you know, a couple of the the, the, the reps would come in in the morning, and they come in, and all of a sudden these people are walking by me, I'm like, who the fuck? So I was like weed, and this I'm the manager, and I and I'm brand fucking new, so I don't know all these dudes are fucking dope heads, right? And I turn to the to the supervisor, I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, he goes, yeah, Josh over there smokes, and we know she does, and this and that. I'm like. Craig was the owner of the company. I'm like, doesn't Craig ever say anything? And he's like, nah, he just ignores it. I'm like, so we just ignore that they're smoking. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. I guess we're doing that. (laughs) But you know, I'm, I'm just like, it it blew, it blew my fucking mind because I mean, once again, I give a fuck less what people do in their own time. And I know people are out there struggling and all that stuff, but at least, I mean, you know, try to cover up a little bit or somebody comes in smelling like, you know, fucking dracar and you're like yeah i know what you were doing <laughs> but i don't know i think it's probably a, you know a matter yeah. of knowledge didn't you take mike didn't you take a picture of a liquor bottle just recently at work oh yeah yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was at, uh, at the rail yard yeah and uh, got out i was dropping a trailer and uh, yeah there was a little uh little airplane bottle of jack daniels crushed on the ground so somebody was tuning up at work <laughs> Made me feel good that I'm driving next to those assholes, but I was one of those assholes once. So what am I going to do? Hey,
2: man, that's that's how I look at it, too, Mike. Uh, And my mind still goes into that place uh, that you were talking about, Bill, like, will we just ignore it? It's like, yeah, somebody for you, too. Right. And
1: we've got to remember that, you know, I mean, some of these people, they're productive and they you know, they take care of their kids and they pay their bills. And so they smoke a little weed or they drink a little drink or whatever, <laughs> right. you know. Um, I mean, you know, there, there are normal people out there that, you know, they'll do some cocaine every couple of months, you know, at a yeah. party on a Saturday night and have fun. And they could do that. There are people. I know it's weird. It's strange to us. But there are people out there that could do that sort of thing. You know, there are people out there that will take a Vicodin once a month. To feel the vicodin once a month, I don't fucking understand it, but it happens.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, how yeah. many TV shows and movies yes. do you watch when people go out to, you know, the middle of the desert to trip out on mushrooms, and they do that just for enjoyment, and, you know, like mm-hmm. a getaway? And I'm like, that's kind of like that's kind of fucked right. up. I'd end up dying out there because I wouldn't want to come back. I'd be mean, like, how many how many mushrooms can right. I you know can I fucking munch on here? And then where's the booze? And where's everything else? And I would just <laughs> I would be fucking dead in the desert, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, going to fucking Mexico in a couple of weeks, man. Less than two weeks. Right. And I'm going to an all-inclusive and there's booze everywhere. And hell, last year when I was down there, I walked out of my room and there was a big bag oh, yeah. of weed laying in the, <laughs> right in front of my door. You know, I'm like, well, look at that. Somebody dropped their weed. I mean, people are partying because they're on vacation. And then when the week's over with, they go home and take care of their shit and don't do it again for a year. I, again, don't understand it, but it happens. (laughs) So, you know, we can't, (laughs) we can't look down on people because they're doing something that we can't
2: do.
0: Yeah, Just. no, I know. And I and I get
2: that. And they can't look down on us uh we did something that they couldn't do either. <laughs> right. and that's, right. yeah, yeah, damn right. fucking mess, right? But you know what, and I'm sure I'm sure Nico, I'm
0: sure you're seeing the same thing that uh I mean the you know, in and, and people joke about it or people put it on, you know, uh, social media now, you know, sober's the new cool and this and that. There's all these all these fucking things out there about that. But I mean, you know, part of it's kinda corny, but part of it's true. I mean, there's there's always been celebrities, there's always been a little bit of media stuff, but Um, there's a lot of sober shit going on out there now. And it is, you know, there's people out there that are just choosing not to have alcohol in their lives. They don't have a problem with it. You know, these fucking weirdos just figure that they don't want to drink or do drugs anymore. And I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, it's there's a lot of that. I'm sure you see that with people out there, right, Nico?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, It's more... It's more of a conscious decision for them to live right. as healthy as possible, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that's like Mike was saying. That's weird to me. I'm like, oh, yep. you, you don't do it because you choose not to? <laughs> not like it's because it's going to kill you? And they're like, no, nah, just not my thing. I'm like, all oh, right okay. I choose right. to do it because I like my life. And I know if I do it, I will have a life.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. We do it because we can't. So And, yeah. and we do want to have a life, and we want to have a decent life, you know, because – comes down to selfishness we're still fucking selfish and self-centered you know we just we just flipped the script on it and went yeah fuck i think i want to be alive (laughs) and i want to be happy fuck
2: (laughs) yeah it means that we get to be self-centered longer Come on. Right. Come on.
0: <laughs> it's really yeah. all about us. Oh, still. oh exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is it's just, you know, hopefully in, in most cases I'll say, uh, not all my, not all my cases, I'll speak for myself, but in most cases we're doing all, you know, doing all this stuff for all the right reasons. But yeah, there's, there's still some selfishness in there, but that's not a bad thing. You know, taking that, taking that evilness that we had Absolutely. and, uh, you know, turning it into a, like Mike said, you know, flipping the script. But on top of that, and we talk about it all the time, Mike, probably more than I do, but taking all of this, like exactly what you're doing now from what it sounds like with your coaching and your speaking and all the sort of things in the books you wrote, Nico, is that all this garbage, all this turmoil, all this stuff we went through, you know, to get to where we are now, um, it now has value and now has worth. And we can actually use that to, to help other people. You know, which is, you know, who knows? Who knows who's listening? Um, and same thing, you know, who's listening? I don't know who listens to this anymore. We see numbers, but, you know, who does it hit? Who does it make sense to? You know, if what we say makes sense to one person on every episode, that's a win, you know, and that's all that matters. You know, and we never know, Absolutely. you know, so somewhere through the fuck yous and the fuck this is and the dick jokes and everything else. Um, hopefully somebody <laughs> picks out the positives, right? <laughs> Yeah,
2: absolutely. And uh what you said there, Bill, is so important because if one person just gets to change their perspective, make a different choice based off something that we said here, something that we say later, something that we said before. Yeah, that's right. really what it's about. Um mm-hmm. like you said there's all these other layers, but being able to just help one person, like it's oh, that's, that's so amazing. Yeah, it's cool. That's cool.
0: But um, so what else, Nico, Um, anything else that you either want to want to add, um, you know, let people know, um, talk about, I, I shudder sometimes to say advice because I don't, I don't necessarily look at anything that any of us do as being advice, but any other words that you want to get out there to anyone who might be listening, uh, you know, as we wrap up here.
2: Uh, Thank you. Now I got a catchphrase that I kind of been, uh, formulating a backstory on it just real fast when I started helping people it was just like uh, aunts and tias and grandmas and moms calling me to talk to their sons or to their nephews to their husbands and uh, they would always end up by saying Nico you're such an angel for helping us out and I'm like (laughs) hell no I'm no angel whatsoever this is a this is a messed up human being um, and so that's why I named my company No Halo. And the idea behind No Halo is that you weren't created to be this perfect little angel. You were created to do better today. And that's what I leave anybody listening with do better today than you did yesterday. That's the yep. only goal.
1: Perfect. That's yeah, it. I, be a better person today than you yeah, were yesterday. Exactly. Yep.
0: Well, cool. Well, Nico, um, it's time for you and I to, to quiet down here for a minute. And Mike is going to lead us out of here. And uh, hopefully, well, I don't know. If you heard this before, you're going to hear it again. So, Mike. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. Thank you, Nico, for joining us and sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us. It was really cool. Great conversation. And as always, go out, do something nice for somebody this week. Do something good for your community and don't tell anybody about it. And now it is time. It is that time, kids. It is time for you to fuck off. Then keep fucking off. Keep fucking off till you get to a gate with a sign on it saying you cannot fuck off past here. Climb over that gate. Dream the impossible dream. And keep fucking off forever.
0: (laughs) And uh, Mike decided that that was his uh, favorite part of the episode. It's been mine for a long time because it makes me laugh. But uh, Mike decided that's his favorite part of the episode now because he knows we're done. We are done. (laughs) But uh, but seriously, Nico, uh, I mean, I can't can't tell you enough. We we appreciate it. Um, Just as a reminder, uh, Nico's contact information, his website, and his Instagram handle are in the description for the website. So please take a look, connect with him, hop on his website, get in touch with him. Um, Obviously, anything he can help out with, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to. Um, So again, Nico, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And Mike, of course, I love you, brother, and I will talk to you soon. All I love you, too. Bye. All right. Bye. Later. Now
1: it is time for you to fuck off. Then keep fucking off. Keep fucking off until you get to a gate with a sign on it saying you cannot fuck off past fear. Climb over that gate, dream the impossible dream, and keep fucking off forever.